Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, February 7, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Actually, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. A, we have a lot to draw from for learning experiences. B, I want you to focus on 446, which is this horizontal line running across the screen. Look where the market was at the end of the day. Put this on a sticky note. We're going to come back to that later. Let's refocus on the daily chart. The first thing we do is pick out the stuff that's jumping off the page at us on the daily chart. So the first thing that jumps off the page at me is, are we still in the midst of one of these deals here that ultimately finishes above the high of the A leg? This is what we call an A up, B down, C leg up. It's a corrective pattern. Or the other thing, and remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We don't really care which one it is. We just care whether we're right or not. Is this what's going on? We've already made the high of the B leg. The first leg is A down, B leg up. C leg will complete below the low of the A leg. Both scenarios are possible. However, as we drill down, we can identify which is the more likely scenario by looking at other charts. That's why there's a lot to learn today. There's a method to the madness. And by the way, just so we know, from here to here is a high and a low. They did a garden variety retracement as outlined in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. So this could be all they're going to do unless they choose to do another spot. We're going to talk about what those other spots will be a little bit down the road in this video. From the perspective of is this an ABC? Now, it could certainly go lower and then go back up, but for now, we have something to use as a benchmark. And the benchmark is Friday's low. And by the way, go back to Thursday's video and recall what was the number identified in Thursday's video? About 444. What was the low on Friday? The low was 443.83. How you doing? But that's not really all I wanted to point out, but I did have to point that out. We're using that low as a benchmark, as the bogey. Below that low and something else is developing and it opens the door for this breakup candle low all the way down at, let's just call it 440 for argument's sake. That's certainly on the table, certainly, if they go below 444. But what if they don't? What if it's the other side? Well, let's start using the other charts, the smaller time frame charts, to see what we've got working against that low from Friday at around 444. So on this chart, the 240 chart, they come up off the low and they're basically running sideways in what an argument could be made for a bullish, kind of flaggish slash wedgish pattern. It's a little bit of a stretch right now, but that's what is developing. And as long as they stay above 444, that's the deal. How about the 120 chart? Same routine, slightly different look. We have a breakup candle low here at 445.60. What was today's low? Today's low was 445.85. So they're basically in the neighborhood of running a test of that breakup candle low. Okay, fair enough. We know that routine. 
get below that low, and they open the door for 444, get below 444, and they open the door for some other stuff. One day at a time, one chart at a time, one candlestick at a time. Here's the hourly chart. Let's get another look at 444. So the market runs up to 444, and it is rejected. It gets above 444, and it breaks above, and then it comes back to run a test of 444. That was on Friday, remember. So therefore, staying above that is okay for the bull case. Getting back below that comes back inside that essentially breakout area, and that whole come back to revisit a breakout area and then go back up, well, that would be off the table if they get back below. They started to do it. Is this a failure or is this just a pullback? Is this just the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew trying to shake out the longs? Well, something into the end of the day important happened. I showed it to you on this chart here on the shorter time frame chart in the pit session only. And as you can see, with the aftermarket activity, they're already up around 448 from bouncing below 446. The low is 445.85. That's a 20-handle bounce immediately. Why do I bring that up? Because that goes to show you that that price was important. But wait, there's more. You got it inside the numbers. We'll start with the early thoughts, and then you'll see how this thing unfolds. Happy Monday. It's been an overnight floater. They were back and forth. So the numbers shape up like this. 450 is an important spot. They played games with it during the day. It was, in fact, an important spot. They really couldn't get anything going above 450. And remember, this is at zero dark 30. On the south side, we've got 446 as the line in the sand for another test of 444. That's what we had for the early show. Let's scroll up, see what else we've got. Is there a buy for a bounce type of trade during an early morning shakeout operation? This is slightly before the opening bell 921 post. It's a little bit wide, but we know big swings in both directions as the expansion in volatility took place. So 448.75 down to 448, give or take, is a zone which should be support and provide a reaction in the other direction. Here we are, five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. This is the candle ending 935. So you can see what happened. It's pretty obvious. They ran into the zone. The two lines represent 448.75 down to 448. They went smack in the middle, and they rallied up. The high over here happens to be 450.86. So they gave you, from a trading perspective, all you wanted. 20 S&P handles, more than 20 S&P handles, 10, 7, 5, 15. Each trader has a different way to take profit. But they all need to take profit along the way, and you'll see that reiterated in the notes. So that was laid out before the opening bell. Right around 9.31, they should bounce from within the zone if reached on this push down. Traders long the SPY or whatever, meaning whatever vehicle you chose, will need to book profit along the way as they bounce below 448 and the door opens for 447. That didn't happen at that point in time. 936, protect the trade, book some profits along the way. 449.60, 450, giving you resistance areas that are also AKA 
profit areas. By 9.40, 10 minutes into the trading day, it's now official, nice trade camp. The rest is trader's choice, just don't let it go negative on you. So that's the first one of the week in the books. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. So now what I'm going to do is, obviously, since you saw that, I'm going to highlight a few things. I'm going to scroll up and let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Here, let's point this one out. Above 450.85 or so, and the door begins to crack open for higher stuff. 10.09 post. What's the high over here? This is at 10.35. The high is 450.86. We're talking about 450.85. So we're saying that's important. We're moving along. 11.30. They're floating around, but continue to make a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern that will send price lower if they can't get going in the northern direction. We're moving along. 11.41. As they come down, a spike of 4.46 would represent an area for a bounce back in the other direction. However, it's not wrong until they would get below 443.83, just giving you the big picture. They weren't there yet, but they were kind of on their way at the time. The stop is a little wide for a lunchtime trade. However, those are the numbers. I don't make them up. I just report them. Still should get a bounce if reached on a straight shot. Moving along. 446 is also magnetic support and should be support for a bounce back in the other direction up north if tested sooner or later. A spike of 446 is still of interest for a long side trade. You get the point. They didn't come down at that time. I kept reiterating, still interested in buying. I was focused on that number from the time my ass hit the seat this morning. And we're moving along. And we'll take it into the end of the day, read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. One more time, this is the trade I wanted back in here. I was looking for that type of rip off that price. Sometimes they just don't do it in the manner in which this one was sponsored by Trick and Company. They just didn't want us to have it. Stocks on the move. Only had four on the board this morning. It was quiet. It was Monday morning, first day of the week. The only one that hit its price target was BABA. So we'll look at the chart on that. The other three are off the board. There are no trades. As you can see, Baba was getting a haircut at the open. 115.31 was the number, and they really didn't do anything. They gave you a little bit of the deal late in the day. A spike over 116 was mentioned by Jordan in the room for traders that were still in Baba, waiting for a rally. They tried a number of times. They just basically hung around the number back and forth all day long. So it's not a shit burger. It's a little tiny profit if you hung around in the room and you listened to the profit target when they started to rally in the afternoon. Traders would have gotten out with a spike above 116. So it's not terrible. They just didn't do what the intention was early in the morning when they came into the number. So be it. That's the life of a trader. Speaking of Jordan in the room, we gave out this one to members in the room, AVY, Avery Dennison, 181.65. It was a real-time type of decision given out right about here. And guess what? They hit the number, spiked it by a little, and they had a nice rally above. It's hard to see it on this chart, but here they made a high of 184.45. Here they made a high of 184.78 up to, yeah, that was about it. So 184.78. Jordan took the trade in the room. He got first profit right out of the chute with the base hit. 
and held for more, got a few bucks out of it. It was a nice trade. That's one of the benefits of being in the room. You're learning, you're getting educated, you get extra trades, you get some babysitting through the trades if you need it, you get ideas. It's a really good environment. And the results show it. The numbers never lie. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What can we say about the IWM from the same standpoint that we talked about the S&P 500? Are they going to collapse? Or are they making some kind of a pattern available to make that other leg or next leg higher necessarily into and above this 20-period moving average? And for this one, we have a nice juicy breakup candle low at 193.85 that we can use as the line in the sand. Below that, and the door opens to retest the lows and potentially a lot worse, stay above that. And they already ran a pseudo test of that area. They were in the neighborhood. So if they can stay above this stuff, then they have a chance to rally into and through the 20 period moving average, eclipse this high here that's at 203.90. It's on the table as long as they stay above the breakup candle low. Let's say something about the weekly chart for a moment. So you got a big breakdown candle, and they've started to climb up. They got about halfway home so far. Now, they may just put in a bearish pattern and collapse down. That's one idea. The next idea is maybe they will make a run for at least near the high of that breakdown candle. That would coincide with the concept that the market's job is to make everybody, meaning investors and traders alike, look like fools as much of the time as possible. That being said, what they would be doing if they're pushing up and all the markets would be doing it at the same time, they would be making you believe that the low that was put in, and we're talking about the low at the end of January, that would begin to make a many traders, enough traders believe that the lows were in and they'd want to hop on board, get a bunch of people back onto the bullish side right before, you guessed it, they hit them again. That's the way the market works. Doesn't have to work like that every time, but that's the concept of where my thinking is. And remember, inside my head is a dangerous place to be. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? Well, they're below all the moving averages. The trend is lower. The chart looks terrible. Wait a minute. How could the chart look terrible when it looks like all the rest that we just looked at? You've got a bearish, flaggish kind of thing working on the 120 chart. It's not the same as the 120 chart on the SPY. I know what some of you were thinking. You're already going back to check. Doesn't mean it can't turn around, but this one is pointing lower. The folks down at the transportation department are my second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. Put this one on a sticky note. About the Qs, the Silicon Valley slash Austin, Texas people. So they have a different look altogether. They are beginning to make a bearish pattern on the daily chart. Now we can make a case that they're still doing one of these and they can still do this. But again, the first thing that really jumped off the page at me is they've come down and they're basically just going sideways back and forth in a bearish flaggish kind of formation. Another day or so of this and guess what? It's going to go back down to retest the lows. Can they get going back up in the other direction? Sure they can. What's the bogey? The same bogey. It's the low over here, 351.97. That's your bogey. And then you take a look over at the financials, and it's nothing terrible. The financials are above all the moving averages. What we have here 
are divergences. What happens with divergences is they will self-resolve. Either the financials are going to come down, everything's going to come down, or stuff's going to go up and there will be something like the financials that we can point to later saying, look, there was nothing wrong with the financials and all of a sudden everything else rallied. We look at all charts independent of one another. We do not, and I repeat, do not correlate markets together. They trade together from time to time. The media says there's a correlation. Look, look what's going on. These charts are identical. Everything's trading together. And then all of a sudden, one day they don't trade together and they stop talking about it. There are correlations as coincidences for points in time. And you know what? I don't believe in accidents or coincidences, but I'm using that as an example saying sometimes charts trade together. Sure they do. But there's no correlation in markets other than for periods in time out of happenstance. Smash Mouth. They didn't go down today. They were flat today, showing relative strength like the IWM was. I forgot to mention. The IWM had relative strength today against the other markets, up $1.50, up 0.7% or 7 tenths of 1%. Now, that may be an aftermarket quote or after-hours quote, but the point is, is that they had relative strength any way you look at it. And Smash Mouth Staying above this 200-period moving average and above this low from the other day still has a chance to go into that C leg that we discussed all day long. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.